Mark chapter 9, verse 22. I have it here, but I just love sometimes to look at it in a physical paper Bible. Um, so I'm going to take a second to turn right there. Mark 9, 22. Well, I'm going to back up like I did last week to verse 20. Uh, and they brought unto him, brought him unto him, talk, talking of the little boy. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Well, sometimes people get an erroneous, uh, you know, this is talking about, um, verse 15, and straightway all the people, uh, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. Uh, verse 16, and when he asked the scribes, what question you with them? Or what are you asking among yourselves, basically, he's saying. And the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto you my son, which has a dumb spirit. That means he couldn't speak. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tears him and he foams and gnashes with his teeth and pines away. And I spake to your disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I suffer you? Bring him to me. Okay, that gives a little better context. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Now, before I go on, I want to mention, uh, sometimes we get a... Uh, unbiblical idea of what it means to be born again and filled with the Spirit of God that uh, if you're really doing it right and uh, you know you walk into a room or into a space that any demon that's there will automatically leave uh, anyone that's there will automatically be changed just because of this orb of power that emanates from within your being right well uh, <laughs> It's interesting here uh, that it seemed when Jesus, uh, when they brought uh, the boy to Jesus, things got worse. It didn't really. Uh, what happened is the devil got nervous. And, um, you know, really, when the unclean spirit's gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And he says to himself, uh, I'm going to go back uh, into the house where I was at. Well, uh, I kind of see that as it's like a a uh, a hunger. Like, you ever been hungry? Hopefully you're not hungry right now. But if you're hungry, it'll affect your actions. And if you get really hungry, it really affects your actions or thirsty. And so these evil spirits, they feed uh, on a host, uh, which they prefer humans, but they'll also take animals if they have to. Right? Remember, they, Jesus went to uh, cast them out and they, they said, uh, well, can we at least go into the pigs? At least let us go into the pigs. So uh, they seek fulfillment in embodiment. In other words, they can have more, uh, be fed more and be more satisfied or find rest when they find a human host. All right. And so they brought unto him and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long ago, this is Jesus asked the boy's father, How long ago is it since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. 
and oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So he knew that Jesus could have compassion, but he didn't know, can you do anything? All right, let's listen. Uh, Verse 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So Jesus didn't say that's not possible. He said, actually, all things are possible to him that believes. He said that the if is not with if I can do it. The if is with you believing. If you can believe. If you can believe. So um, if you ever let an if into the situation that you are trying to believe God about, it's not going to work by the power of God. Because if, uh, one time uh, the Lord told Brother Hagin, uh, gave him a message called, If the Badge of Doubt. If is an indication that you're not believing. If you're looking at the situation and there is a, if God can do this, or if this happens, that's an indication I'm not actually believing. Right? So if you find an if in your believing or in your heart or in your thoughts, just know that faith has what it believes. Faith, there is no if in faith. There is no if in faith. Okay? Um, So Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. So the first thing I want to bring out uh, today is that um, all things are possible to him that believes. So if you don't have an if, all things are possible to you. Right? All things are possible with God and most sane people won't argue with that. But where the rubber meets the road is, will you believe or do you believe? Because all things are possible to him that believes. So I love what Jesus did. Is he didn't take the man with the child that was possessed with the devil and just say, uh, well, uh, you're not believing, so it's not working. He said, essentially, he said, you're not believing. But he didn't say it in a condemning way. He said, if you can believe... All things are possible to him that believes. And so what's the guy's response? The man said, well, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Right? Well, he didn't realize Jesus already did help his unbelief. because He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. What did he get the guy to say and to do? I do believe. But I'm not perfect. So there are some areas of unbelief. So help those areas. But Jesus had already helped him. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So he gave him the word or the reality of the situation. And the guy's response was to believe. So then Jesus, straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. 
Lord, I believe. Sometimes you're so conscious of your uh, inabilities or uh, your abilities and the limitation of your abilities, uh, or you're so conscious of your mistakes, if you will just for a moment turn and put those to the side and you know, cast those on the Lord and say, Lord, I believe. All those other things help those other things. I believe. I'm looking to these other things. So that, that's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Casting all of your care upon the Lord. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, in other words, Lord, this is my request. I have a pressure in this situation or I'm worried about this situation and I know I shouldn't. So uh, I'm going to give this to you. I believe. Help my unbelief. Right. So when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, you deaf and dumb spirit, I charge you come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore. In other words, he screamed really loud and was torn even more after Jesus took authority, took his position of authority. Well, if the creator of all and the master of all commands and takes his position of authority over the devil and says, come out, and things look like they're getting worse, why would I think or you think if I take my position that everything is every single time going to immediately look like it totally turned? It's through uh, faith and patience that we inherit the promises. And faith is steadfast. Faith is fixed. Faith is immovable. So I love uh, A.B. Simpson's testimony about healing, where when he finally saw from the Word that it was as much the will of God for his body to be whole and healthy and redeemed as it was for his spirit, then he said, he wrote in his, uh, his little journal, he wrote, a, he wrote his declaration out, I now see that this is just as much your will as it is uh, for me to be born again that uh, for me to be healthy in my body, I take you this day as my healer. He said, I don't know if I felt any different at that moment or not. I know I didn't care because what? He had it in his hand. Lord, I believe, right? So he had, he, at that moment, he, he, he solidified it. This is what I believe. This is what I receive. And, uh, you know, it took a few days before his body was any different. Well, Kenneth Hagin, when he was, uh, you know, he had... Uh, three terminal diseases, basically. And uh, when he received healing uh, of paralysis, the blood disease, and the deformed heart, when he received his healing, he said, I did not expect my body to change as quickly as what it did. He said, I really expected it would take quite some time, like days, weeks, or months. But it took 10 minutes, you know, long story short. So he just began to, you know, thank the Lord. Uh, he received his healing. I believe I received now. And he began to thank the Lord. And within 10 minutes, he was standing up straight. He said it felt like a, a, 
warm honey oozing over his body. He could actually feel this. And he said when he started to feel that, he was shocked because he said, I knew that I believed it so much that I didn't care if I lived my whole life out and never experienced it. That's how strongly I believed it and knew that it was true. Well, you can't believe like that and not have it show up. It's going to show up. The point is that you, you believe so strongly that you're, it's not a concern of yours anymore. It's not a consideration of yours anymore. Uh, it may be the, the, the physical thing that you see at the moment or feel at the moment, but your belief is stronger than your senses. And your belief is stronger than the power of the disease or the power of the poverty or the power of the depression. In other words, when you believe that thing loses its authority over you and it loses its power over you because believing is turning from uh, those things and yourself to the Lord. One of the, one of the uh, most substantial elements of faith is a turning from the cares and anxieties and worries and reasonings of natural man and turning to Christ. Amen. Saying, I'm not going to worry about that anymore. So imagine the father of this little child you know, had, you know, as a father, I believe it's worse to have your children attacked than to be attacked yourself. Because you're like, you don't know why, it's maybe a self thing, you know, I'll just take care of it, you know, but, but you're responsible for those little uh, people and to, to strengthen them, help them, protect them. And so he's going through all this and he's like, I will do anything. I'll do anything. Jesus said, if you can believe. And he said, what? I believe. Help my unbelief. So I believe, yet I'm not perfect. And even my imperfection, I'm turning it over to you. Yeah. Right? So uh, because so many times I think we, we, ha we have a picture that um, we have to be perfect in order to qualify for the blessing and provision of God. Well, in, in a sense... The blessing and provision of God requires perfection, but it's not from me and it's not from you. It's the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, and the perfect life lived, Christ's life. And so uh, we tap into the things of God when we, and we access them by our belief and trust in Jesus. I think I'm going to do a message real soon. Uh, uh, called first love, returning to your first love. But it's not a message of condemnation because I, 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 I hear people minister on that from Revelation, you know, that you, you've fallen from your first love. And people, I think, get an impression like, um, well, yeah, you know, turn or burn, you know, repent. Well, repentance actually means think about your life. Look at the direction that your decisions and your actions are putting your life in the path that you're on because of these things and make a decision for God. So it can include turn or burn, but that's like a, I think that's really kind of a tactic of the devil to get you distracted because repentance is making a decision to turn towards God. And like, you know what? I've seen what I can produce and I'm not really satisfied with what I can produce. I want what the very best. I mean, how many, of, how many people have expensive tastes? And you think like, well, look at that. How come I like that so much? How, how come the one I like is the most expensive one? Right, right. 
because you're made like God. He loves excellence. He loves good quality things. And he created you. Do you think that when the Lord looks at you or he looks at me, he's all focused on your imperfections? Like, when you go to the mirror, are you looking at perfection or imperfection? I, 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 I suppose that depends on some different things. But God's not trying to pick out your faults and failures. He's aware of them. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. But he made provision that those things don't have to define you and those things don't have to dominate you and those things don't have to rule you. He wants you to have complete freedom and that freedom comes through making Jesus your Lord. Through turning your life over to Jesus. So if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. That, That is, how you doing? All right. That is... If you can't see on the video, Eddie is being kind enough to hold a thing so it's not too bright so you can see on the video too. So, all things are possible to him that believes. That is not a message of condemnation. That is a message of truth and freedom. All things are possible to him that believes. You can believe. God actually created mankind to believe, not to doubt. You're created to believe and not to doubt. And when you uh, come into the family of God, you're recreated as a believer. So like I like to say, I got this from Jim Hockaday. Thank you. I should send it. We'll send him an offering. Okay. So he said, believers believe and tiggers bounce. Right? What do tiggers do? They bounce. Tiggers bounce. And Evie, she also bounces. So... Uh, tiggers bounce. That's what a tigger does is bounce. So what a believer does is believe. So you're created to believe. Your default is to believe. And actually to, un- to, to not believe or to doubt um, is not normal for you. It's not natural for you. That's not if you're born again. That's not how you were created. So uh, if you feel uncomfortable doubting, that's because you're not made to doubt. Uh, if you find yourself getting frustrated easily and upset easily and uh, kind of out of kilter easily, that's because you're not believing you're trying to do something God never designed you to do. He designed you to believe. Now your flesh loves to, to doubt and your mind, if it hasn't been changed by the word of God loves um, loves the limitation that doubt gives so your mind likes to to uh, what do you call it ascend itself what's that word your mind likes to have dominance your mind wants to be satisfied and stimulated and your mind wants to be the one that can figure it out because that appeals to the uh, natural human flesh, okay? But when your mind has been uh, transformed by the Word of God, you start to think God's thoughts. And, uh, you know, I pray for this guy. Uh, he was in the, uh, when we were associate pastors, 
he came to be water baptized. He was water baptized and uh, he came out of the water. And then at that church, we would pray uh, for people if they wanted to be filled with the Spirit right after they were water baptized. So he's kind of like uh, had been water baptized, his hair's all messed up and he had just gotten changed and we're actually in a hallway. We didn't even get back into a room. And um, he said, I want to be filled with the Spirit. And so I gave him a little instruction, laid hands on him and uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So he's there and as soon as he did, he said, I don't know if you can see my eyes, but he was like, oh, and he staggered back like this and he said what is that what is that and I said what is what and he said I don't know I feel high or drunk or I don't know what is going on <laughs> and I said oh I said that's that's the Spirit of God uh, you know coming in contact with your flesh and so some people um, have been high in you know on drugs or you know got a high from alcohol or experienced the, the buzz of alcohol but honestly, well, the word says in Ephesians chapter 5, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit speaking. Do you know, you can, now I can't say this from personal experience so much, um, except for one time I, I um, about on a Sunday morning before I was uh, coming to minister, I got high. And I say that just to make sure everybody's paying attention. It's true. It's true. It's not a lie whatsoever. This church, at this church. And so uh, what happened is we have moved into this new house and there was a lot of poison ivy everywhere. And so um, one of my friends, unnamed here, but happens to be here, uh, their parents had been in town and he used to work uh, on, on removing... Um, what do you call it? Trees from power lines, you know, and they get in a lot of poison ivy. And he said to me one time, he said, you know, we used to get in the ivy. So what we do is we just grab some brake clean to clean brakes off and we just spray it uh, where the ivy was. And it would totally detach the oil that has the stuff that makes you break out. And so I got into some ivy and my, my arm was like here, just red as can be, <laughs> swollen up. And it's a Sunday morning and I'm like, I can't even preach with all this itching, you know, and I'm like, Lord, you know, <laughs> I just commanded to go and, but it was still there. And so, um, I woke up my wife, it's about four, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Cause I couldn't even sleep. And I said, we got to get some brake clean cause that's all we had. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we go, I, I go into the, uh, bathroom. Oh yeah. Because I thought, well, I don't want to like take the color out of my clothes. I don't know what it's going to do. So I got into the tub shower that we have. Uh, I stood in there and I said to Melody, okay, now spray me with brake clean. So I'm in this little bathroom, enclosed bathroom. And so she sprays it, but it got some in my armpit. And you have uh, ways to access your internal system really quickly there. Anyhow, it burnt like a fire. Worst, way worse than the itching. And so then I thought, oh, I have to get this off of me fast. I said, turn on the shower. So we turn on hot water on the brake clean, which uh, is Bill here. He's not here, but he could probably tell me, being a chemist, the reaction that happened. But it atomized, basically, I think, the brake clean fumes and made them more intense. 
So then I was breathing them in a, you know, of course I had to pull the shower curtain so I didn't get, anyhow, I got super high. <laughs> and I was like laughing one second and crying the next and she's trying not to laugh because it was quite comical and I guess I was trying to put my shoes on to get ready for come to church and I picked up my shoe and I was like, what is this? I don't know what it is. So I, maybe I can speak from personal experience now that I have everybody's attention. So what I'm saying is, being filled with the Holy Spirit is so much better than any high you could get. The kids don't do that. But any high you could get doing anything like that, right? Why? Well, I, it was scary. I thought the world was going to explode. And, and, and uh, I didn't understand. Everything immediately flipped upside down. You know, I, I was very confused. But when I have been filled with the Spirit, natural things also took a different position to me but it was it was um there was such an inward satisfaction from when you're filled with the spirit and the perspective you get there that yeah you'll laugh at natural things like you might if you were drunk or high but actually it's a, a lasting reality that you experience and that you see. So it's not a joke when, when Paul said by the Spirit of God, be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. You know, uh, how uh, Bester Mark says it is, you know, uh, you should not, you're not designed to go through life sober. <laughs> right? I never really did drink much, but if you drank, some people are like, well, I can't do this. I, I, I need to get drunk. I, I can't be sober. I so much trouble. All right, you probably shouldn't be sober. You should be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. The other thing is, if you ever struggle with anything like that, uh, He's given instruction for those that would be tempted and struggle in that arena. What? Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking. Why? Because your speaker directs your, the course of your life. Your confession or what you say will affect your direction. Right? So like last week I said, somebody else rented that, so we're going to meet in the field. The reason we're here is because we said last week we're meeting in the field. Right? And so uh, that's just a really a real basic example. But um, so don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. And it'll, that'll cause a speaking. And then that speaking will cause a change of scenery and a change of direction. And the speaking will actually release you from the power of the devil and the power of natural thoughts. Um, you know, they say, I think it's in psychology, they say that um, you cannot, that, that um, well, reason will not overcome an emotion. So you have an emotion, but reason cannot overcome it. But action will overcome an emotion. So you have to act. You have to act. And so um, where we're going with this is nothing is impossible to him that believes, and belief is an action. So nothing is impossible to him, to him that acts in belief. Well, how do you act in belief? You have to hear what God has said. And once you hear what God has said, faith is present. In other words, faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. Literally, it's hearing by the revelation of God. Revelation knowledge brings faith. The Greek word there is rhema for word. And that means the word that God makes real to you or the word uh, that is spoken to you by the Lord or the word that is revealed to you by the Lord. That's how faith comes. So uh, it's actually a matter of just hearing from God and seeing what God reveals. So is it the train time? Train time. Let's see. There it is. So all things are possible to him that believes. How are you going to believe? First, you have to hear the word in your heart. Um, you know, again, uh, I'll use my children uh, because I just said to one of them this week, are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, I knew they could. Re- and then I say sometimes, repeat what I just said. Well, they say sometimes word for word what I just said, but they did not get what I said. They never heard it. Yeah, they naturally heard it. It went into their mind and they could recall what was said and they repeated what was said. But they never really heard in their heart what I said. If you ever hear in your heart what God says, it will change your life. If you ever hear in your heart. Jesus said, let him who has ears to hear hear so you can have ears to hear and if you're born again you have spiritual ears to hear but jesus said let him who has ears to hear do what hear uh i think it's bishop butler says faith comes by hearing and hearing by uh intently listening the second hearing is intently listening in other words oh explain that to me again uh, uh, I really want to know everything about it. Well, we started with a little bit Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, give more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. Literally, it means leak out like water out of a leaky vessel. So those things that you've heard, you want to lean into more and say, explain that to me. I was just... um, um uh, spent some time with my pastor, Pastor Mark Hankins, and um, when I was there, the Spirit of God quickened me to some things he was saying. You, well, I try to pay attention because he is my spiritual authority. And uh, so, in other words, it's not the only way that the Lord's going to speak to me. He speaks to me individually. He speaks to me through uh, the written word, through the spoken word, through other teachers. But um, your pastor, the voice of your pastor, uh, that uh, position has an anointing to provide a supply for things that you need in your life. And so I know like when my pastor is speaking, uh, I'm like, oh, especially when I feel like I don't need to hear it. So, um, uh, I don't have time to go through some examples there. Anyhow, so I'm with him, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God quickened, like, this is real important. And so, I made a decision at that moment. You're kind of like, okay, I'm moving up on my chair a little bit, and I'm leaning in, and I'm like, 
when he said something and I'm like, okay, say that again. Say that a different way. What do you mean by that? Right? So I'm looking into what it is. Well, if we read the word of God that way, like the Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is God speaking to you. If when you approach the word, you say, okay, uh, I'm going to feed my spirit on the word of God. This is God speaking to me. And you look into it in that way. Like, what, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, how, how did you say that? Uh, let me hear that again. Let, let me check another translation. Oh, you better buckle up for safety because uh, you're gonna, your faith is going to be like a rocket ship. Because you have just changed your demeanor and changed your position into a place that is in the Word. Well, you look at all that Jesus did and you sometimes you look at it naturally and say, if he did all that, how come I don't experience it? If he really did it for me, how come I don't experience it? Because you're connected to a different source, even though you have the ability to plug into the Word. As soon as you get on the territory of the Word, you have what the Word made a reality. Well, there's like 132 to 134, what we call in Christ realities in the New Testament, particularly in the epistles, right? This is who you are in Christ, uh, who you are through Christ, through his blood, by him. Uh, you know, um, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, if you ever think that you're the righteousness of God apart from Christ, you get full of pride and God resists you. And you say, how come I'm having all this trouble? Uh, uh, how come I don't have, not so much trouble really, but how come I don't have, I'm, I'm dissettled or unpeaceful, right? Because you can have, like Paul, peace in the midst of the storm. Well, because you get outside of uh, the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word, the dominion of the Word. So you come uh, with the Word and you experience that dominion. But just because you experience that dominion, just like Jesus with the little boy, doesn't mean that the second that you act on what you believe, that the circumstances immediately change. But what it means is, you have on the inside of you such a stability and such an anchor that goes into the very presence of God that it doesn't matter the storm that comes, you know your anchor is holding. And you know that those circumstances are subject to change. We did that series, what, since March? We talked about uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are what? Temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. That just doesn't mean they last forever. That means that those things are from another realm. They're from a true reality. They're from uh, the kingdom of God where there is no decay. Where there is no aging. Right? So while we look not at the things that are of decay or the things that are of uh, temporary nature, or one translation says subject to change, but we look at the things that are eternal. 
the outward man um, is decaying, but the inward man is renewed day by day, every single day. Uh, we're, we're, our inward man is renewed day by day, Amen. day by day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, the things which are not seen are eternal. All right, uh, I think we're actually going to get there. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, and we'll finish right here. Verse 17, as it's written, I have made you, speaking to Abraham, the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so will your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. Lest you think that this is just Abraham. But for us also, to whom it will be imputed, if we do what? Believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So if we believe on God who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. So Abraham believed according to that which was spoken. Abraham believed according to the word of God. The words that God spoke is what Abraham believed upon. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, knowing that what he had promised he was able also to perform. So, um, you know, if you're staggering, you're not believing. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, knowing that what he had promised is able also to, to perform. So um, if it, once the word has been spoken, you can rejoice if you act on that word. Because why? Well, it doesn't matter if that spirit t is tearing that child one more time. The word has been spoken and it is not temporary. It is eternal. So there is no option but for the circumstance to line up with the word. Because the circumstance is subject to change, but the word is not subject to change. And so um, what happens is, do you remember when uh, this, I think Genesis 17 through 19 is where this is uh, in the Old Testament. And um, when God said, I have made you the father of many nations. Anybody remember what Sarah did? Sarah laughed. Right? And she laughed 
Um, the first time she laughed mockingly, like, <laughs> you think I'm going to have a child, right? But you know what? Her, her mocking laugh turned into a lack of, uh, excuse me, a laugh of faith because she said, um, in Genesis 21, she said, and Sarah said, verse six, God has made me to laugh so that all that hear me will laugh with me. God has made me to laugh so that all who hear me will laugh with me. Smith Wigglesworth said, faith laughs at impossible things. Faith laughs at impossible things. And so you see, uh, the Bible says God sits in the heavens and he does what? Laughs. He sits in the heavens and he laughs. Well, uh, faith will laugh at something impossible. Like Abraham and Sarah, Sarah first with unbelief, but then with belief, but then they both laughed at the promise of God, a laugh of belief. Like, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that to you. I just, I, just ha I just happened to look at you. I am not declaring that. Praise the Lord. We have a full supply. Amen. Okay. And so... And so, um, this is my wife, if you don't know, Melody. We have four beautiful children. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so, uh, faith laughs at impossibilities. And, you know, if you try to reason out those strong emotions, like it's always going to be this way, it's not going to work, da 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 well, you're going to get further and further. You probably start to get depressed because reason's not going to overcome those things, but a laugh of faith will overcome it. The action of your faith, uh, laughing, you be like Sarah and you laugh at the provision of God. In fact, Psalm 126 uh, verse 1 says, When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then said they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them, whereof they're glad the Lord has done great things for us, therefore we're glad. Amen. Right? And so if the Lord has done great things for you and you know it, you're going to laugh and you're going to be glad. Amen. So uh, even with uh, uh, my children, sometimes, you know, you know, maybe probably not anybody else's children uh, because everybody else's maybe are, are perfect. But with my children, sometimes they might... Uh, take after their parents a little bit, you know. <laughs> so they'll be like, kind of like uh, have a challenge and just be like uh, a little upset. And I'm like, laugh, just laugh. <laughs> just laugh. <laughs> well, if you can get them to laugh, do you know what? That thing, that frustration, that, that uh, thinking that they have, it's like um, obliterating it. So I'll get them, uh, Joel in particular, he'll all of a sudden be like, laugh, Joel. Can you laugh now? <laughs> He's like, mm. So he'll be like, ha, ha, ha. And within five seconds or less, his whole attitude, that, that the power of that thing breaks off of him. Right? So uh, actually, um, Job said, at destruction and famine, you should laugh. Laugh. So uh, one of the greatest acts of faith is to laugh. Christians should be the happiest people that, are, that, that exist. Why? Nothing is impossible to him that believes. Amen. 
And sometimes you're like, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm believing. What's wrong with you? Are you in pain? No, I'm believing. I'm believing. Well, really, if you're really believing, you should be happy, hilarious, have a spring about your step. Like, what's going on? Everything's going good for you, huh? Well, yeah, it looks like uh, they're going to foreclose. It looks like this. Well, then why are you acting like that? Because I believe God. I know whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. And like, like uh, uh, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, you know him, right? Well, when you know him, everything else takes its proper place. And you can laugh and you can rejoice. I think rejoice literally means to like brighten up, spin around. You know, in other words, change your demeanor. You, 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 you laugh and you laugh a laugh of faith. You laugh a laugh of faith. Well, sometimes your laugh of faith doesn't, doesn't sound very much like a laugh of faith. Uh, you, may, you may just have like make yourself laugh like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, you get yourself to do that. It's your speaking part. Sometimes your speaking part, you don't want to say like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You should, but you're like, you're like just so got in this atmosphere that what you need to do is just ha, ha, ha. You know, I'm, Kenneth Hagin did that when that uh, uh, incurable disease tried to come back on him. And uh, he said, I just sat there and I started laughing in his bed. He was laying. He's like, ha, 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 ha. He said, pretty soon the devil said, what are you laughing about? And uh, he said, uh, well, I'm laughing at you. He's like, well, he's like, you're not going to get your healing. You got it before. You're not going to get it this time. He said, well, I'm laughing because I've already got it. I'm not trying to get anything. I've already got it. He said, I laughed for about 10 minutes. And he took up all of his uh, thoughts and all of his input, the devil, and left and left him alone. Well, so, but he said, when I laughed, he said, it sounded about like this. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. But you know, they even found out medically that kind of laugh affects your, affects your body. It actually affects your immune system. It actually releases chemicals into your laughing, releases chemicals into your immune system and strengthens you. Uh, it's like a medicine. The Bible says it's like a medicine. So faith laughs at impossibilities. Nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. And when you believe, you get happy about it. So if you're not happy about it, if you're not like uh, joyful about it, if you don't have an inward joy that you let express outwardly, you are not believing. Sometimes I think uh, one of the challenges is, well, 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 am I believing? Am I believing? There's no pressure in belief. There's no stress in belief. There's no depression in belief. There is joy in believing. Joy in believing. Uh, that, that's our last scripture. First Peter 1.8 Yet believing you rejoice. Yet believing you rejoice. So if you're believing, you'd be rejoicing. What would you do if you actually did believe? Well, whatever you're, think about whatever you're, um, you think that you're believing God for. You might not actually be believing God for it. 
You might, normally what, what you're doing, if you think you're believing and you're not, is you're hoping for it. Hope says, someday I'll have that. Hope is future tense. Faith, I have it right now. Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things in the future or things hoped for or this desire that I'm looking for. But faith has what it believes. Well, if you really had it, would you be sad and intense trying to like make it happen? No. You would rejoice or you would laugh or you would have that joy flowing out of you, from, from the inside of you. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So the living water or the life that you're looking for is not in the natural world, but it's on the inside of you when you're born again. It comes from the Spirit of God. It comes from looking to Him. Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4, uh, you, know, you know, I could give you some water where you'd never have to come and draw again. And she's like, are you greater than our father, who Jacob, who dug the well? He said, just a little bit. I'll give you uh, everlasting water, right? A source of life that goes beyond the natural is what he's saying. You're coming every day. And you're thinking natural in every way. And you're thinking, I've got to do this to live. I've got to do this to live. I've got to do this to live. I have to have this water to live. And Jesus is saying, man shall not live but by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Not by every word that came from the mouth of God, by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, which is how faith comes by hearing the rhema of God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So... Um, yet believing, we rejoice. Yet believing, we rejoice. So we're not overcome by the things that we're believing God for. We enter into rest. He that believes, Hebrews 4, he that believes has entered into rest. So we're not like um, working and trying to make it happen, do all this stuff. No, uh, that's not faith. Uh, faith, if you ever realize what the Bible is saying about faith, You've got it made. Because the basis for your faith is the work of Christ. And it is the Word of God. In other words, I'm not working to try to do it. He did all of this work and He did it perfectly. And He did it at every point and every extent. Now I live in the reality of what He did. Uh, Hebrew 4 is all about uh, that they did not enter into the blessing of God or the promised land because of unbelief. But he that believes enters into the rest of faith. So faith is a rest. That you, the struggle is over. The battle is over. You can be like, thank you, Lord. You can just sit back and relax and be like, this is awesome. But now because of that reality, you act for the king and for the kingdom because of what he's done. Nothing will be impossible to him that believes. If you have something in your life that you have laid aside or laid down, because most likely people do that because of the length of time that it's taken and you haven't seen a natural um, 
change. Believe again. Because in reality, you probably haven't been believing. Because when you believe, you have. And when you have, natural things around you change. They're subject to change, and they're changed uh, by words. And those words, if you're speaking eternal words, you'll see eternity show up in the realm of time. When you're healed, when you receive a healing in your body, that is eternity showing up in time. It's eternity affecting a temporary object, your body. Hallelujah. All right, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning or you're uh, in person or you're online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you can receive Him today. Uh, he has paid the price for your sins to remove your sins uh, from you, to give you a clean slate, to make you right with God. The way that you receive Jesus as you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is your Lord, if you do that, you will be saved. You don't become a Christian and you don't go to heaven because you do good things. You do good things because you have become a Christian. So good things don't give you access to heaven. God doesn't look upon the good works that you do and favor you so much that you've, you've ticked off every mark so that you can now gain access to Him or to heaven. The, the way that you get access to Him is by the life blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. It's Jesus gives us access to the Father. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So if you'd like to receive Jesus... I want you to just pray a prayer with me. Repeat after me and say it from your heart. It's with the heart that we believe. And with the mouth we confess or declare what we believe. With the heart man believes. So I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds. And I want you to pray that prayer with me if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ. Say this. Say, Oh God, I come to you in the name of your son Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross to take away my sins. And that you raised him from the dead. So I could be right with you. So I, could be right with you. I receive Jesus Christ, receive Jesus Christ as, my Lord as my Lord and as my Savior. And as my Savior. I'm going to live for him from now on. I'm not living for myself anymore. Thank you, Father, that I am now your child, a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.